Boogeyman is real, and you found him. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bearded Horror Review. My name is Dan, aka The Boogeyman, and on this podcast I will review a horror movie, either a new release or a classic, and I will go through it, talk about some of the main points, talk about if they were good or bad, and let you know if it was whether if it was worth a watch. Um, and uh, warning right now, spoilers ahead for a lot of these movies, uh, so you have been warned. And today is the the first actual like new movie review episode uh, so um <clears throat> excuse me over the last few months i have been tracking the release of a film called the boogeyman as you can imagine why um you know i'm dan aka the boogeyman um and it's even spelt like how i spell it um so i've been looking forward to this film and I am about to go and watch it, so I thought I would do a little preamble so we can talk about the film uh, before I actually go and see it, and then I will come back to the podcast, finish uh, the uh, finish the review, and yeah, we'll go from there. So I'm really excited to see this film. Um, like I said, I've been I've been waiting for it for a few months now. It is a a horror film based upon a Stephen King story. Um, it looks interesting. I've tried not to look too much into it, just so I don't go in with too many expectations. Um, I've seen a few teasers, uh, and I've seen I've I've re- avoided any reviews from it uh, at all because uh, it came out a couple of days ago, and unfortunately, I've not been able to see it until today. Uh, but I'm really excited to go and see it. So we shall see. Uh, and again, one of the reasons why I've been looking forward to this so much uh, is because I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Uh, I have been reading his books since I was probably about eight years old, um, and I have been watching his films off and on. Stephen King's It is my favourite book. Uh, I absolutely adore all the, a lot of the uh, books and some of the film adaptions. There have been very hit and miss over the years of his film adaptions. You have some great ones, like you've got the It miniseries, you've got The Shining, you've got Carrie, you've got Pet Cemetery, you've got Christine... Uh, and then you've got some terrible ones like Dreamcatchers or Dreamcatcher. Is it Dreamcatchers or Dreamcatcher? Who knows? Um, yeah, so this should be interesting. It all, it, I always think it seems to depend upon um, the, not necessarily the budget, but the vision of the director, whether they're taking it seriously or not when it comes to a Stephen King adaption. Um, um, the One of the issues that Stephen King has is he kind of has these wild ideas that very much can work in a book, but sometimes just do fall flat when you try and put it into a uh, visual medium. Uh, but this one seems really interesting, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so I'm going to shut up now, and then uh, when I come back, we'll go into a proper review. So I'll see you on the other side, guys.
Hello, so I'm back from the cinema, literally just watched the film, uh, so I just watched The Boogeyman, um, so here's what's going to happen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a non-spoiler review first, uh, and then I'm going to go into spoilers, I will let you know when spoilers start, um, I will do my very best to not say any spoilers before that moment, um, so yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen now, uh, I will try and put a time code below, for when spoilers start, um, so if you want to skip to the end, to after spoilers, that's absolutely fine, I'll put time codes in, in the show notes below, uh, but yeah, first of all, let's start off with a non-spoiler review, so, The Boogeyman, uh, 2023, based on a short story by Stephen King, still a little bit of the plot, uh, so the plot is very basic, very simple, a grieving family mourning the loss of their mother and wife um, start to experience strange happenings when a man visits uh, the father who is a psychiatrist and ends up dying in their home. That's that's pretty much the plot. Um, and I mean, if you've seen any trailers and you can guess by the name of the film, it is built around there is a some kind of creature or entity um, going about scaring them throughout the film. Um, the film itself is fine. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's not great. It is very, in all honesty, very by the numbers. Uh, while I was watching it, I could see everything coming. Um, there was just nothing that made it stand out. And... I was a bit disappointed by that. Maybe I set myself up, but usually when I um, go to watch a film, especially one I'm excited about like this, I heard about it, I watched one teaser trailer, and then I was like, okay, that's it. I'm not going to watch any more. I don't want to divulge any more information because I want to go in as blind as possible when I see a movie. I avoided any reviews, including reviews from some of my favorite reviewers, including Chris Duckman, who's a fantastic YouTuber. Uh, if you haven't heard of him, uh, he's been doing movie reviews for a very long time. Uh, he's even making his own movie at the minute uh, called Shelby Oaks, his debut in directing. Uh, and I'm really excited to see that. Um, but yeah, I avoided as much information as possible. Like I said, I saw one teaser trailer and that was it for me. But yeah, watching this film, like I said, it's not gr bad, it's not great, it's just middling. If you have seen any kind of supernatural family possession haunting horror in the last, I don't know, 10 years, you know what to expect with this film. Um, it reminded me very much of Lights Out, uh, which... Great movie. Lights Out is a good movie. Um, it, however, you know, that came out some time ago now. And this is very similar to that. So, well, really, you know, the film doesn't offer anything new. It is entertaining. I was entertained by it. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I'll happily never watch it again. But I'm glad I watched it. No, it's 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 okay. Um, I will say things like the direction was good, um, and the acting was good. And the main character, the main actress who plays the character of Sadie, who is our main character essentially, yeah, she was very good. She was a very she's very good in this role. 
Um, even the little girl, I, like I said in previous episodes, terrible at remembering names. But, yeah, she was also very good. Um, so th this is all stuff that, yeah, it's it's high quality. There's obviously a budget behind it um, to a degree. I will get into that into when we come into spoilers. Um, I think because it was based on a Stephen King short story and from what I saw from the trailers, even though I was not expecting much, I was expecting more. Because like I said, it is very, for lack of a better word, unoriginal. It's it's I've seen this movie many times before. Um so yeah, six out of ten, entertained by it, but wasn't the best. Um but yeah, that's all I can say without starting to spoil the film. So I'm gonna go into spoilers now. Um like I said, I will put a time code below in the show notes if you don't want to hear the spoilers and you just want to skip to the end. That's absolutely fine. But yeah, spoilers. So Boogeyman starts off with um, a baby in a crib and um, something seemingly comes out of the closet. It's a slow spinning pan shot. We don't really see anything, but it's all noise and there's a voice that's um, something's pretending to be this baby's little father. It's crying, it's crying and it builds and there's lots of noise and lots of music and baby gets killed. You see a splatter of blood focuses on the picture of the family uh, and then we cut to a different house which is the house of our main characters uh, and we spend a bit of time in silence I mean no one there's no dialogue for a little while and we're getting to know this family so we see our main character which is Sadie uh, who's a teen girl and uh, wandering around the house she's going into a closet she's picking out clothes uh, she goes through a studio uh, like scenario like an art studio that's got paintings and stuff and clearly um the mother of this family has died that is what it was trying to do it's trying to convey that the the mother of this family has died um what the family remains is we've got Sadie and we have the youngest daughter I can't remember the name and then we have the father who is a psychiatrist um it seems the youngest daughter is afraid of the dark uh, she's always got the lights on in her bedroom, always has lights around. And the, fa the father is a psychiatrist and he works out of the house. And you see him uh, throughout the day you know, seeing a few patients. It seems today of all days is the first day back at school for our main character, Sadie, who um, I think it says about a month. So it's been about a month since the, since the mother has passed. And we find out that she died in a car crash. Um, she goes to school and she uh, wears her mother's dress uh, that she found in the closet. It's like a yellow sundress. Um, we see the father trying to get them to ready for school, uh, getting the, the little girl out the door, getting Sadie out the door. Um, he sees her in the dress. She's not mad about it. He's nice and polite. Um, you know, he, he seems like a good dad. In honesty, from what this film tries to do, um, but he's he's a good dad. Uh, he, he's obviously trying to take care of his kids. He's trying to deal with it all himself. Um, he's obviously repressing um, some some emotions 
from his daughter's passing because he has to be strong for his daughters. It's clear that that's what's going on throughout this opening. He does like a he does like a monster check for his daughter. He checks under the bed and he checks in the closet. Um, he does all this stuff during this like opening kind of montage that we have these opening scenes. Our like I said, our main character Sadie goes to school, um, where typical Stephen King fashion. Um, some girls approach her. One of them is her friend that hasn't seen her, obviously, in a while because she's not been at school. Um, she's always got headphones in, so she's always listening to music. She's kind of... It's clear that she's kind of not there emotionally. She's kind of just dead to the world, almost, because she can't think of anything else but her family and her, and her mother. Uh, her friends approach her, and one of them is a complete bitch. And uh, through a tussle that happens... Uh, she gets like yogurt on the dress, so she goes home. Um, while this is happening, our psychiatrist, the father, is at home seeing patients, and a man shows up at his house. A man shows up at his house and says he really needs to talk to him, and um, he didn't know where else to go. And we find out it's the father of the little girl from the start of the film that seemingly got killed. He says something killed his daughters his whole family he had three kids it all started when his youngest child died of a disease um and then the other two seemingly had the life sucked out of them by something uh he says something came to the house and took his family um he's obviously very distraught and very upset seemingly on the edge he says people are accusing him of murder um but there's no evidence of murder so there's no crimes committed as far as the world can see um and there is no way he can go to a church because he is not religious in any way which usually doesn't stop these people in these films but hey what are you going to do uh, so he's gone to this psychiatrist and the reason why he's gone to this psychiatrist because he says i understand you i feel like you would understand because you lost your wife recently um so it seems this psychiatrist is so well known his family's passing is newspaper worthy um he presents the psychiatrist with drawings that his child has done um and this is just it's just making our father character ex exceedingly worried and you can see that as a professional he is worried so he he excuses himself says he needs to go to the bathroom uh, and goes goes off to clearly call the authorities there's something i forgot to mention when the the guy shows up when he shows up the closet door is open and he seems terrified by this and he asks the psychiatrist to shut the door which he does and when the psychiatrist leaves the room we get a shot to see that the door is open again now the whole conversation was recorded uh, and that comes up later um but yeah, so what happens is then we, we find that they get the, the father is in, on, in the kitchen. He's calling the authorities to, to come on to get him, get this man because he's clearly not well. Um, the man starts wandering around the house. The father, the psychiatrist, doesn't know that the daughter's come home to wash the dress. She, the first day of school clearly didn't go well. She's come home. She hasn't told her dad. She's just come home. He's wondering this, this then this man who's shown up at the house, the, the clearly unstable man is wandering around the house 
um, while she is also in the home with headphones on so she doesn't really notice until she hears noise over her headphones. And when I said earlier that um, there's this inconsistencies and there's things going on that I just felt were just forced. Sadie hears something. She hears something over her headphones. Does she take her headphones out? No. Does she go and get her dad? No. She approaches the noise, which is just so stereotypical. There is a bit of a fake out moment here where she approaches a door and there's a load of liquid running under the door that is red. Uh, and you think, oh my God, there's loads of blood. And it turns out to be paint because it's in that studio from the start of the film. Celie goes in, has an investigation, takes a look around. Father finally shows up as well. And we find that the man who came to the house has been hung, been hanged, sorry, has been hanged by the neck in the wardrobe and is dead. Then all the spooky things start happening in this house. So from that moment on, we have, um, you know, your typical things going on. Like the, the, the little girl starts seeing the door opening, the door starts slamming, her closet door starts opening at night. Something crawls under her bed. She's got like a, 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 a moonlight, which is a spherical light, looks like the moon. She holds onto it all the time. <coughs> Excuse me. And whenever she sees something in the dark and she's scared, she rolls this at it to try and get light on it. Because she's clearly scared. She's got lights all over the room. She's got that light. She's got tw uh, uh, Christmas lights all around. She's got twinkle lights all around the room. Always on. She's scared of the dark. And this is another inconsistency that really annoyed me about the film. You've got a girl who's scared of the dark. You have um, a teenage girl who increasingly starts being scared that there is something in the house. She starts seeing mold around the house. She starts seeing that the, the daughter is losing it. She starts seeing things as well. That the, the teen girl Sadie, she starts seeing things. Does anyone turn the light on? No. So you've got a daughter who's afraid of the dark. And you've also got basically an adult. Someone who is of, you know, she was in, in late teen adolescence. Who is also seeing things and is also scared. Who obviously has the cognitive ability. Uh, never turns the light on when something is dark and they're spooky and they're hearing noises. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, there's there's lots of things that happen in this film like that. That are very just like they've, they've obviously written to be scary. But normal people wouldn't react like this. And um, there's the scenes in there that, um, that just just just. Yeah, they're just like, oh, come on, you wouldn't be... Like the whole fact that she never takes her headphones out when she started hearing noises. Uh, the fact that they never turn the light on when, when there's dark. They only have like little tiny lights with them, but they never turn the big lights on. There's always only low ambient light in the house. Like It's just there to create atmosphere, but it's not like in, in like say the film lights out that I, I kind of referenced this with, with it. It's kind of in my head because the, the, what we find out the creature is afraid of the dark. Uh, it's like in lights out where there's a similar kind of premise, people are turning the lights on, but you know, this, the, the, they, they, they use the light to their advantage and it's a very well thought out film, but this one, they just don't seem to turn lights on. They will use ambient light, they'll use small lights, but they'll never actually can just go and turn a light on, which is what people would do. And the only time they go to try and turn a light on, which is when uh, Sadie needs to go into the basement, 
the light doesn't work. And you're like, oh, come on, come on. That's just such a stereotype. Like, you've seen it a million times. Like, think of something new. Um, like, there's, there's times where sometimes the boogeyman seems to break lights, uh, but it barely does it. It's it's very inconsistent. Um, but, yeah, so Sadie C starts to seeing things. The daughter starts seeing things. Uh, so, in typical fashion, again, in these movies, uh, our Sadie character does a Google search. So, does a Google search of the guy who showed up at the house and, and seem, seemingly got hung, hanged. Um she goes to his house instead of going to school. Uh, her friend takes her there. And the house is like run down. People have spray-painted murderers all over it. It's beat up. It's obviously just fallen apart. She manages to go inside. And she, after wandering around, she finds the house is full of like lights. And it's just full of decay and whatever. It's full of like generators. And like building site lamps and stuff. Um, there's a bit. In, <laughs> there's another inconsistency in this film that happens in this scene and every other scene and a lot of other scenes as well. One thing that happens in horror is loud noises. So by that I mean the the skull will drop out. Um, there'll be a loud bang to try and get you to jump. This film is full of music. There's Barely a moment where there's not music unless there is a jump scare coming. So it's just obvious. So that the sound will drop and you'll have about 10, 20 seconds and then boom, loud noise. And that's what keeps happening in, in this scene where she's at the house. And it happens earlier in the film. Like there's a scene where the the little girl who's afraid of the dark is in bed. The monster seemingly comes out of her closet extremely loudly, like slams the door open, runs under her bed, and you get really loud thumping noises, and then it goes under her bed, and then she, she looks and she sees something, and she falls out of bed. Big thump. Her sister in the next room hears none of this. No one hears anything in this house. No one hears any bangs, noises. Uh, no, there's no like, no one hears anyone screaming. No one hears anyone slamming doors. No one hears anyone crying for help. Like it just doesn't happen unless it's required for the plot, which is again annoying. It, it's like you, you're only doing certain things because the plot requires it to go that way. Instead of writing it better, you just went oh they're just in here. Like how could they not? You made it so loud in the in the mix that. I can't believe that. So you've just, it's just like, it just bugged me. Like, that's why I'm saying it's like, it's just fine because yeah. Okay. Like I get it. Like you try to do that for atmosphere and I've got to suspend disbelief. But also if, if, if someone falls out of bed and makes a big thump on a hardwood floor, someone 10 feet away is going to hear that. Especially when the other person is sat on the floor. It's, they're going to hear it or feel it or something. And when they're concerned about each other at the minute, because they're all high alert, because they're all going through the trauma of the loss of their... One, the loss of their mother, and two, a man just hanged himself inside their house. Like, they're going to be on edge. Every noise, they're going to check. And the dog has just come in. Hi, honeybee. <laughs> 
Hello, honey. And the dog is here. <laughs> so, do you know I mean? I, I checked that noise straight away. The door was open and I immediately looked. Case in point. Um, but yeah, so she goes to this house uh, to, you know, to see what the hell happened to this person, what their family, the, the house is full of lights. It's full of rot. There's these black rotten vines all the way through the house. Um, she's noticed our main character, Sadie, in her own home, patches of seemingly black mold or rot or something in the house. Doesn't tell anyone about it, by the way. Doesn't tell the dad or anything. Just looks at it suspiciously. And, um, yeah, she goes to this house. It's very creepy. There's lights everywhere. She goes upstairs. There's candles burning. And she eventually finds a woman, which turns out to be the mother of uh, the dog's leaving. Bye, honey. She clearly got bored of me talking. Uh, hopefully you haven't. Uh, but she finds the mother of the family from the start and the husband who hanged himself. Uh, and she kind of, it's, this is the info dump person. Like I said, it happens in all of these films. There's a one person who seems to know what's going on and they update the audience as to what is happening. He basically says there's a thing, this thing that um, seems to feed off of people who are weak emotionally or they're drained. And that's why it latched on to this family because their baby died of a, a like a disease, unfortunately. Baby died. And so this thing seemed to latch onto them and then it drained the the other two children that they had until they died. And it seemed to just simply infest their house because they were weak and they were vulnerable. Um, and now it seems that the the fact that the man went to their house and hanged himself, it has followed him there and found the new family, which is Sadie's family. And they don't know how to get rid of it. There's nothing they can do. Um, it seems to just, whenever there's dark, it shows up and it's not going to stop until they're all dead. We have moments of of, uh, of, of the, the daughter, Sadie. You know, we spend a lot of time with Sadie. She has arguments with her father, saying that she's not uh, able to talk to him about the mother's death, and she really needs to talk to him, and he's not there for her. And again, this is one of those tropes with like, the dad who's not very there. You know, however, it shows him being a really good dad throughout the film. Unfortunately, he's also grieving with a loss. So it shows he's not he he's you know um weak at the moment because he's not dealing with it. He's struggling to cope with it, but it shows him him having to be strong for his daughters. And he tries to step up and he he tries and he's getting better and he says I will talk eventually, you know, it, it's just he can't. Then a few scenes happen, you know, it escalates and we need more people in the film. We need a, a, a drama to happen. And um, Sadie goes to school and she, and she speaks to one of her friends and her friend convinces her to have us round at the weekend. We'll have a party. You know, we, we, we miss you. A bunch of people come over to the house and the father and the younger, the youngest daughter agreed to stay out of her way. He's like, you can sit and play video games all you like out of the way. And that's what she does. 
another inconsistency. She sits in the dark with just the tail, the TV on playing video games on her own. This little girl who's afraid of the dark, who can't go anywhere without a light, literally hugged to her, is now sat in the dark playing video games. Inconsistent. Sadie is upstairs. She uh, she has some time with her friends. Earlier in the film, she found a few joints that used to be her mother's. They decide to, to try and smoke pot. She takes one drag and then something happens. Um, I'll let some of the things, I'm just leaving them for yourself. But there's a moment that happens there. The the bitch from earlier in the film, for some reason, is there. And she asks if she can see the room where the guy hanged himself. Uh, Sadie takes them. And that bitch pushes her in and shuts the door. And the, she can't get out. She can't get out. The boogeyman's in there. She sees it. Because um, it's dark, obviously. Because they don't try and turn the light on. Why would you? And... Um, she doesn't get killed anywhere, but obviously it scares her. She eventually gets the door open. A big argument happened. The dad comes upstairs uh, to see what's going on, why everything's fine. Sadie slaps this girl rightfully because she was a bitch. Fuck that bitch. Um, leaving the little girl downstairs on her own. Um, which is when the boogeyman shows up again. Um and through a series of events, the little girl ends up getting injured. We then have to go to hospital. So we're there in hospital. Um, the dad is clearly struggling with all of this. He's in the place where he's, he had to go where his wife was. He feels like he never did enough. He feels like he's not doing enough for his daughters because he's not helping them cope uh, through psychiatry and talking to them, which is causing his daughters to see things because obviously one of the tropes is no one believes them. No one believes them that something is going on, uh, which in all honesty, why would you, why would you say, Oh, there's something supernatural going on? Um, but, um, he, he, he still is convinced that, you know, it's psychological while this is happening. Sadie gets a phone call from the mother of the man who hanged himself, who says, come over to the house, come over to the house I figured out a way to kill it. So she does. She goes over to this house. And it turns out it was a little bit of a bait and switch. So the woman thinks she figured out a way. She set a bunch of traps up in the house that are going to send off, uh, set off triggered shotgun shells. Uh, however, she needed Sadie as bait. So she ties Sadie to a pipe. Um, and uh, while she's surrounded by these traps... Turns off all the lights. It's only the candles burning. All of a sudden the creature appears. Approaches Sadie. And as she appro as it is, approaches Sadie. Triggers the traps. And it gets shot with about 12 rounds of shotgun shells. And we see that it bleeds. It can be injured. Do you think they turn the light back on at this point? Nope. There's just a couple of candles burning. The woman approaches, double taps it, which is a good idea. Obviously, the creature's not dead. It jumps up, grabs her. Through a certain series of events, Sadie gets free of her binds because the woman handcuffed her to a pipe, uh, gets out of it, and is and managed to get out of the house before the boogeyman attacks it. Attacks her, sorry. Attacks her. 
At this point, she gets a phone call from her dad. Her dad has decided to take her, the youngest daughter home. They're about to go into the house, which is in pitch blackness. And while she's on the phone to her dad, uh, she hears the creature grab her dad and her daughter. And you know, So she runs home. She tried to get them out of there. She warns them not to go into the, the house. But yeah, so this is what I mean earlier, but it seems to be able to teleport. It was just in one house and now it's in theirs. It's just, it can go wherever, apparently. Um, so it's there. CD gets back to the house. None of the lights are on. Um, she doesn't really try to turn any of the lights on. Um, but she finds the youngest daughter in a closet surrounded Christmas lights wrapped around her. These flashing Christmas lights. She says that uh, the creature doesn't like the lights. And it's taken dad into the basement. Sadie decides to go. I can't, look, I've seen it bleed. It can be hurt. We, we can do something about this. Now, she just saw it get about 12 to 14 shotgun shells filled into it. And to take it on, she decides a hockey stick is the best weapon. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. If you think that's going to work. <laughs> they go into the basement. The little sister follows her with the string of lights. And they find the creature in the basement. You know, it's injured the father. And then the, the, the ensuing climax happens where, um, you know, a lot of, of like they're, they're fighting it. They seem to try and hurt it. They might not get away. And when I said earlier in regards to the, the, the there was clearly a budget behind this because it's extremely well shot. I'm not I'm not putting that down. Anyway. The cinematography is very good, even though even if the characters don't turn the lights on the way it is shot. Great. It's got some good shots in it. Um, like it's very competently directed. It doesn't look bad. It's a good looking film. But the CGI of the character, we see too much of the monster. We see too, we eventually see, just see it. And the CGI is quite poor. It's not the best. It, it looks janky, in my opinion. Um, I've seen much better. <laughs> um, it worked in the dark, but it does not work like when the light is on it. Um, through a series of events, they, they fight it. The, 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 the Sadie tries to fight it, but it st she starts to lose and it tries to suck the life. You see it trying to suck the life out of her. So when the dad shows up and he fights it and then they manage to set it on fire. I didn't mention this earlier, but there was a subplot going through all the way that like crops up every couple of couple of scenes that the daughter is trying to reach to so Sadie is trying to reach the mother in some way where she's trying to do like, like seance into it. She gets a lighter. She has a lighter where she lights it, the lighter, and she tries to communicate with her dead mother. And that, so she's always got a lighter on it. She, this seems to be going through the whole film. And this comes back at the end. She has the lighter. She tries to communicate with her mother while they're stuck there and they're scared. It's the only light, light is the only light they've got. She thinks she gets a sign. They manage to fight back using an aerosol can and the lighter. And they throw some turpentine on it on the creature that was set up when they went into the basement um, as it being there and um, they set it on fire 
and that sets the whole house on fire. And we seemingly defeat the creature. Cut to the three of them in a psychiatrist's office. There's a, there's a few scenes in a psychiatrist's office earlier. Like I said, I'm not going through every single scene. But they're all together as a family. And the father finally opens up about some issues that he has. They go to leave. They seem very happy. Sadie hears the psychiatrist ask her to come back into the house. She walks in. Again, this happens several times. Nobody's there. Everyone just disappears. But she sees the closet door is open. And she approaches the closet door. We hear a few clicks. We hear a bit of rustling. And the psychiatrist appears behind her and says, Can I help you? Why are you still here? So we know that the boogeyman is not dead. She shuts the closet door and that's the end of the film. Like I said, it, it, it was fine. However, all of that, you could... You could see it coming i could see everything coming all of the jump scares there was a lot of inconsistencies in regards to the way characters act including like in regards to lighting and stuff and this is one of those films again it, i guess it's it's about trauma it's about trauma the fact that it's based on a stephen king story um seems very it's very stephen king light like um you can see that they try to add stuff because Stephen King is very good at adding, writing awful human beings and awful teenage human beings for some reason. You know, for want Kerry, it's these teenagers that are just the worst kinds of people, that are actual psychopaths. But they're, 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 there's, there's Stephen King light with the girl who's a bit mean to um, Sadie for no reason. Um. But yeah, the story is very predictable. It's very beat for beat. Like I said, it's fine. It's entertaining. I'm not. I'm. I'm never mad when films are like this because you know, films follow a structure. Films follow a plan. But I guess I was just expecting a bit more from how well it was shot. Um, obviously based on Stephen King, um, the way that they promoted it. Um, but yeah, I just I was not blown away by it in any way like i said six out of ten like I said, as much as i've been negative i suppose i did enjoy it and there were moments when i genuinely felt a bit tense but no point was i scared and no point did i feel that the film um, was doing anything that i was not expecting it to do yeah it's just as is and even then like that you got the the you have stereotypes the angsty teen girl i know that she lost her mother but a lot of these times it actually brings people together. It doesn't pull them apart. Um, yet you have the, the cute daughter who the one is the first one to see all these things happening. You have the father who, who can't talk about his emotions, so that's causing problems. It's very by the numbers. And uh, I guess I was just a little bit disappointed by that. Uh, like I said earlier, 6 out of 10. Um, enjoyed it. Wouldn't watch it again. If you're looking for a fun romp, um, like and just like a good time at the movies you want a bit of a jump you don't want to think too hard go and watch the boogeyman and that's my review guys um i hope you enjoyed this um yeah i will do more reviews in the future like i said spoiler free and then spoiler um 
Just thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. You can find me on Instagram as biggie underscore man underscore dh. Um, and you can support this podcast uh, by either leaving a five-star review, uh, as you can do on whatever platform you listen to. Uh, and and some, some of them you can do it in-app. And that would really help out. If you could share it with a friend who you think might like these these reviews or share it on your social media, that would be so fantastic. I would really appreciate that. Um, and if you really want to support the channel, you can jump on my Patreon, which is linked in below. Um, and then you can get things like uh, commentaries, um, exclusive content, and even a shout out on the show. Uh, but yeah, so that's everything, guys. That's it for this week. Uh I may post a tease on my um, Instagram of what the Patreon, first Patreon episode is going to be. Uh, and I will be posting that after this has gone up. Uh, in the meantime, guys, happy watching.